Have you ever wondered how much kissing is too much? And why do you have to wait until you're 16 to date anyway? Hi, and welcome to Tween Talk for Latter-day Saints. Your questions and clear answers. I'm Tiffany Thomas, and I'm here to help guide you through gospel topics in a way that makes sense to you. It's easy to feel lost when there are so many different voices out there telling you right from wrong. It can be hard to know what to do when you have questions. We're going to take the common gospel questions that you as teens and tweens have and answer the why, what, and how about them. We'll go into the doctrines and principles so you can figure out how to apply them to your own life. If this is your first time joining us, make sure you listen to the first four podcasts in order first, or you'll miss out on a lot and be a little lost. And if you need something to draw or sketch during this podcast while you're listening, I've got some coloring pages on my website, savingtalents.com forward slash podcast. You can also find the references and transcript for this podcast there. And then you can find me, Tiffany, on Instagram and Facebook as Saving Talents or on TikTok as Tween Talk LDS. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. All right. Last week, we talked about repentance. And I told you that some of the commandments require the bishop's help when you break them. The law of chastity is one of those commandments, and we're going to talk about that this week. Now, this topic goes into some pretty sensitive conversations. I know that many of you are young, and I wish we didn't have to be talking about this at your age, but the sad truth is that most of you have been faced with violations of the law of chastity already. Make sure you're listening to this podcast with your parents or a trusted adult, or at least make sure they've listened to it first before you listen to it. This way, you can discuss anything we talk about here with them. Like all other commandments, we're going to break the law of chastity down into the three main parts, the doctrine, the principles, and then the applications. First, the doctrine. Why do we have the law of chastity? And that's something we're actually going to focus on mostly for this podcast episode. The next several episodes, we'll talk about different principles and applications, but today we're going to focus a lot on the why. When Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, God created Eve to be Adam's partner because according to Moses chapter 3, verse 18, it was not good for man to be alone. Once Eve was created and became his helpmeet or partner, they were given the direction, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Now, this was before the fall. This was before they ate the fruit and left the Garden of Eden. And so this was before they were able to have children. This gives us the first purpose of sex and why God created it, to bring a husband and a wife closer together in unity as they begin their own family between the two of them. We often think of a family as having children and a mom and a dad, but really a new family is formed when a man and woman marry each other. Their family has two people in it. 
The second purpose is given later in the commandment for Adam and Eve to go forth and multiply and replenish the earth. In other words, to have children. The common tie between these two reasons on why sex exists has everything to do with building families to last into the eternities. Guys, I want to tell you a secret. Actually, it's not even a secret, or at least it shouldn't be. Sex is not a bad thing. Sex is actually a very good thing, but only when it's done the way that God has commanded. Remember how we talked about the word of wisdom and how God was the creator of our bodies? This means that he is the one person to best know how to take care of them. And we should listen to what he tells his prophets about our bodies. The law of chastity is the same way. God knows our spirits and he developed this plan. He knows families are eternal and he instituted sex to bind a man and a woman together, both physically and emotionally and spiritually. But he also knew the danger that could come from that. Just like we can harm our bodies by eating or drinking things that aren't good for them, we can damage our potential for strong eternal families, strong eternal marriage relationships when sex is used in inappropriate ways. So that brings us to the principle, the law of chastity. The law of chastity, the what, states that sexual relations are only to be between a man and a woman after they are legally and lawfully married to one another. Now, some people might take that as an anything goes. So as long as you're not having sex, it's not a big deal, like lots of making out. But Jesus himself spoke about this in Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 28. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. So clearly the law of chastity is so much more than just our actions and what we do with our physical bodies. It's about what we do with our thoughts and our emotions. The Strength of Youth pamphlet says, before marriage, do not do anything to arouse the powerful emotions that must be expressed only in marriage. Now, it's impossible to never think or never feel anything at all. As this podcast is for tweens, many of you are starting to learn that your bodies are changing. And sometimes your bodies will react in ways that you have no control over to begin with. If you haven't already, you'll soon be dealing with hormones that change not only your physical body, but your thoughts and feelings as well. These hormones, these emotions are powerful, they're strong, and it's impossible to stop them from coming until marriage. 
but that's part of God's plan. He wants to know if your spirit, your will is stronger than your body. And it takes practice and time and effort to do that. The law of chastity doesn't say never have a sexual thought or feeling. Instead, the law of chastity says don't do things to arouse those thoughts and keep the sexual thoughts and feelings for after marriage. If you have a sexual thought or feeling, and trust me, you will, then what God wants to see is what are you going to do with that thought? Do you hang on to it? Do you think about it more and more until feelings and desires keep getting stronger and your body starts to react? Or do you try to replace that thought with something else? And that is the key. Think of sex as like putting a cake in the oven. You set a timer, right? What happens if you try to take the cake out and eat it before the timer goes off? It's just going to be runny and gooey and really gross because the time isn't right. Now, as the cake bakes, you're going to smell it and you'll want to open the oven and taste it and see it. My kids actually do this with brownies all the time. Just because it smells good, though, doesn't mean it's ready. Now, this analogy isn't perfect, I know, but I think you get the idea. Again, sex isn't bad. It is a wonderful thing that is part of God's plan, not just for children to be created, but to bind a husband and a wife together. But God also knows how powerful it is. Sex is powerful because of how it unifies people. And it's powerful because it brings God's spirit children here to the earth and into a family. And that's why he has given really strict instructions about the proper time and ways to have sex. Sex is meant to be between a man and a woman who have made a lifelong commitment to one another and to God. It's designed to bond you to that person on every level, not just physically, but also emotionally and spiritually. But sex isn't just about the physical act of sex. All of the emotions and feelings and hormones that get involved with arousal will start that bond to be created. And that is why the Strength of Youth pamphlet is very clear and specific about this. And it's also a big reason why violations of the law of chastity are such serious sins. In Alma chapter, in Alma chapter 39, verse 5, Alma teaches his son that sexual sins are more serious than any other sin except for murder and denying the Holy Ghost. And that's kind of a big deal. A big part of that reason is because if you're engaging in sexual activity with someone who isn't your spouse, it's creating bonds with that person. And it can cause some really big problems later on in life when you are ready to start an eternal family and bond to your eternal partner. Another reason is that these feelings are hard to control. 
you've already started down the road to puberty. Some of you may have started menstruating. Girls, you've gotten your period maybe or will soon. And boys, you might have started already having erections. And so you're getting a glimpse of just how powerful hormones and emotions and feelings can be. And when you start allowing them to get bigger and stronger, it's like making a campfire and putting a bunch of wood onto it. Pretty soon, you're going to have a fire that's bigger than you can control. Fire is actually a perfect analogy for this. The world often uses words like burning or hot when describing feelings of desire. When I was your guys' age, or maybe a little younger, when I was 10, I went to a friend's house with some other girls. The girls whose house it was had a candle in her room and she lit it. And we decided to take turns waving toilet paper and tissues through the flame, seeing if we could get close enough without actually catching on fire. It all seemed fine at first. We were able to get through the flame quickly and there were no problems. But what we didn't realize was that each time the heat of the tissues increased just a tiny bit for that split second it was in the flame. And then all of a sudden, my friend's tissue burst into flames. She freaked out and dropped it on the floor where it started to smolder and burn on the carpet. One girl grabbed a punch of, one girl grabbed a glass of Kool-Aid next to it and dumped on it while trying to put it out. And I ran to the bathroom to fill my hands with water to try to dump it on. My friend's mom came downstairs to find the carpet stained red from the punch around a burnt part. My friend's mom came down the stairs hearing our shrieks and found the carpet stained red around a burned area. We talked about something similar to this in episode eight of the podcast, where we talked about tithing. Remember the different carriage drivers who were boasting about how close to the edge of the cliff they could get? The most responsible driver didn't brag about how close to the edge he could get. He was the only one smart enough to realize he should just stay as far away as possible from the edge because there was too much risk. The same thing happened with those tissues, and the same thing is happening with the law of chastity. As tweens, and maybe some of you are teens, your brains and bodies are going to change a lot over the next 10 years. But did you know that the brain doesn't actually develop at the same rate? In humans, the part of your brain that helps you make good long-term decisions or that controls your impulses of the moment, it actually doesn't fully develop until your late teens or even into your 20s. So not only is your body changing and you're getting really strong hormones, your brain hasn't finished changing either. Do you really think that's a good time to start throwing in relationships and bonds that are meant to be between people who are committed to one another for life and eternity. This is why the prophet and the apostles in the Strength of Youth pamphlet say it's good to make friendships, but you really shouldn't be dating and pairing off until 16. At 16, your brain and your emotions 
are a lot more stable than they were at 12 or 14. And you're better able to make decisions that can affect you in the long term. Now, I know you're thinking, but at 16, I'm still not thinking about marriage. I just want to have fun. And that's exactly right. You can do that, but you need to do it without all the physical stuff. And here's why. Have you ever had a really, really bad day and you just want a hug from your mom or your dad or someone you love? A hug from a trusted adult is much more comforting than a hug from some random person who sees you crying and gives you a hug. But why is that? It's because you're emotionally bonded to that person and the physical contact amplifies those emotions. But what happens when you start to act physically and your emotions aren't there yet? Like, what if you have a crush on someone and then you're holding hands and you're kissing a lot, even though it's just a crush? The physical connections actually start creating emotional bonds that don't have any support at all. I had that with a guy I dated once. We went on a few dates. We were in college and then we just started kissing. And pretty soon all of our time together was just kind of kissing or making out. He told me he loved me. And we even started talking about getting married. And then I had a family member that I was really close to die. And you know what? I had zero desire to talk to my boyfriend about it. He offered to come to the funeral with me. And I actually didn't want him there. It was then I realized that he and I had an emotional relationship that had been built on the physical. And it was backwards. Guys, the whole purpose of this life is to make it back to Heavenly Father with your family. The purpose of sex is to strengthen your relationship with your spouse and only your spouse. But if at 12 and 13 or even 16, you're in exclusive relationships or you're kissing or you're doing anything that is causing arousal of sexual feelings or feelings of closeness, and yes, that includes sexting or making inappropriate jokes or playing games like spin the bottle or seven minutes in heaven, You're building up bonds that are supposed to be reserved for you and your spouse, and you're cheapening those actions, and you're playing with fire, and you're going to get burned or even burn the house down. I know this is hard. It seems like so many people are just pairing off, and kids at school are probably pressuring you into relationships. I know I had that in middle school. And the person you have a crush on might be offended that you're not willing to date them or kiss them, and you're afraid that they'll move on to someone else. But guess what? I'm going to tell you a little fact about life. Every single relationship you will ever be in will either end in breakup or marriage. So if you're not going to marry them, you will eventually break up with them. And if you're not ready to be thinking about marrying that person, then you're not ready to be doing things that are meant to build 
lifelong bonds and commitments. And Satan knows this. He is trying so hard to cloud the issue by saying that the way you feel is natural or kissing isn't that bad. But let's think about this example. Let's say there's someone you like a lot. You think they're cute. You're friends, you spend time together, and you do have a bit of a crush. Then all of a sudden, one day, they decide not to talk to you anymore. Would it feel worse if you had kissed them the night before? And if so, why? If kissing really isn't all that bad or doesn't build bonds, then why would the fact that you kiss them make any difference in how you felt about that person not talking to you? It's because kissing and even holding hands starts to build that bond. Now, please don't get me wrong. I am not saying that you shouldn't hold hands or kiss until after you're married. It is natural that as you build a close emotional relationship with someone, you'll also want to get closer physically. God designed it that way. He made it so that a man and woman have desire for each other, and that desire isn't bad. It's just about the timing. And that is why the law of chastity is so important. That's why the prophet and apostles have given specific counsel and applications to not date until you're 16, and even then to not pair off, but to do double and group dates, because you're not ready to be making those kinds of commitments. And Satan is there doing all he can to throw gasoline on a fire that's already hard enough to control. He wants to mess up your relationship with your future spouse, and he wants to destabilize families. You know how with the word of wisdom and addiction, people say things like, if you don't have the first cigarette or beer, you'll never have to worry about being addicted. Well, if you set some hard ground rules for yourself about dating, the applications, then you never have to worry about committing sexual sin because you haven't gone there. The Strength of Youth pamphlet has a lot of really good things in here to help you figure out applications. Now, these are counsel from the prophet. Remember what we talked about following the prophet in episode six? Here are some of the guidelines from the sexual purity and dating topics of the Strength of Youth pamphlet. Before marriage, do not participate in passionate kissing, lie on top of another person, or touch private sacred parts of another person's body with or without clothing. Do not do anything else. Do not do anything else that arouses sexual feelings. Do not arouse those emotions in your own body. Avoid situations that invite increased temptation, such as late night or overnight activities or away from home activities where there's a lack of adult supervision. Do not participate in discussions or any media that arouse sexual feelings. That includes sexting. That includes asking for or sending pictures of your private parts or yourself partially undressed. Do not participate in 
any type of pornography. And we're going to talk about that in our next podcast. You should not date until you are at least 16 years old. When you begin dating, go with one or more additional couples. Avoid going on frequent dates with the same person. Choose to date only those who have high moral standards and in whose company you can maintain your standards. Guys, that's not coming from me. That's coming from the prophet and apostles. And their counsel is very valid. So you need to sit down with your parents or another trusted adult to talk about this. Decide now what rules you want to set for yourself. And then when you're in that situation, you don't have to worry about it. For example, when I turned 16, I only went on double or group dates. And I never went on a date with the same person twice in a row. And then when I was in college and ready to start dating more seriously, I committed to myself that I wouldn't hold hands unless I was exclusive, unless I was in an exclusive relationship. And I wouldn't become exclusive until I had gone on at least 10 dates with that person. And I told you earlier about the time I didn't keep to that. And it actually ended up causing a lot of heartbreak for both myself and that young man. You don't have to follow the rules I set for myself. That's my right to figure out the applications for me. And you can receive guidance and direction from Heavenly Father for yourself. But I strongly recommend you start setting these guidelines now. It makes it so much easier to not give in to peer pressure or to not know what to do when all of the hormones just take over. And now before we go, I want to talk about one of those points I mentioned above. One of the guidelines from the Strength of Youth pamphlet talks about something called masturbation. This is when you stimulate your own body for the purpose of arousal, like touching your own private parts. Males and females can both fall victim to the lie that masturbation isn't against the law of chastity because you're not having sex with someone else. The world tries to say that it's natural or even healthy or physically necessary, but those are actually all lies. Now, it is natural that as your hormones are changing and as you go through puberty, your subconscious will carry over and have a physical effect on your body. You may become really easily aroused or have dreams that are sexual in nature. Guys, that isn't a sin. I'm going to repeat it again. That isn't a sin. It's what you do with those thoughts as they come. Or when your body reacts in a sexual way, or when your body reacts in a sexual way with arousal, that is where you're either valiant and you work to try to control your body and change your thoughts and focus on something else to calm down, or you begin to masturbate or fantasize, and that's a sin. And the more times you sin, the easier it gets, and the more likely you're going to do it again, and the more likely it'll turn into an addiction. Now, I want to end by saying this. Sexual abuse 
should not be confused with sexual sin. Sexual abuse is when somebody does something sexual to your body that you have not given them permission to do or that you do not want. The Strength of Youth pamphlet says, victims of sexual abuse are not guilty of sin and do not need to repent. If you have been a victim of abuse, know that you are innocent and that God loves you. If you are in, if you are in or have been in a situation where you were an unwilling participant in sexual acts, it is not your fault. You have not sinned and you are not unworthy. And if you haven't already, I beg of you to reach out to get help from a trusted adult in your life. They can help you find ways to be safe, to heal, and to recover. Sexual abuse is one of the worst kinds of abuse because it takes something that God created to bond families together and it perverts, to bond a man and woman together and perverts it. Sex is meant to be a beautiful thing that brings a husband and wife together in a way that is so, in a completely different way than they will with anyone else. And that's why God instituted the law of chastity, so that we can build our eternal family with our forever partner and build those bonds in his way and in his time. So over the next several weeks, we're going to keep talking about this. There are several concepts in the law of chastity that we'll focus on, including modesty, homosexuality, gender identity, pornography, and more. So I'll see you all then. Thanks for joining me this week on Tween Talk for Latter-day Saints. I hope today's podcast helped you learn the what and why of the gospel questions so that you can figure out the how for yourself. If you have any gospel questions you want me to help answer, then just go on over to my website, savingtalents.com forward slash podcast and submit your question. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram as Saving Talents or on TikTok as Tween Talk LDS. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Tiffany Thomas, giving you clear answers to your gospel questions. Keep praying, and I'll see y'all later.